So our subject, because we mentioned God's names in this week's Torah portion, our subject is going to be God's names, or we're going to call him Hashem. Hashem means in Hebrew, the name. And Hashem has many, many different names. And as you may have picked up, um, we always mispronounce. There's a number of different names. We always, some we don't pronounce at all. Some we mispronounce. We don't write them properly. And it gets very, very confusing. So I am going to try to clarify all that today um, to make sure you understand what all the names are, how they're mispronounced, why they're mispronounced, why they're misspelled, why and all that. So um, Hashem has many, many different names. The names call, fall into three different categories. The first name is the mo main name of God is what we call in Hebrew Shem HaMeforash, or the explicit name of God. I'm just going to go through exactly the details of the names. Then there's what's called in Hebrew, Shemot Kedoshim, holy names of God. There are seven holy names of God. How to categorize the seven is, um, how to count them is complicated um, or debated, but there are seven holy names of God that may or may not include the Shem of Farash. And then there are also what we could call descriptive names, or in Hebrew, Kinuyim. Descriptive names of God. So we have the explicit name of God, we have holy names of God, Shemot Kedoshim, and we have descriptive names or Kinuyim. Now, what makes them complicated is not only do we have a number of different names, but we don't write them or pronounce them correctly. So that makes things very complicated. So I'm just going to go through quickly the laws, the rules that are relevant to God's names, and then we're going to go through the specific names and specific rules. I just want to give you a general, general overview. It's complicated. I'm trying to make it as um, straightforward and um, simple as possible. So there's four rules with rega regard to Hashem's names. Firstly, we don't pronounce them. That is because in this week's Torah portion it says, Zeshmi Olam, this is my name that is hidden. Um, so therefore, because of that, it is forbidden to pronounce it. Um, it is actually part of, although, although God says, this is my name that is hidden, that is not a command. But our, the Talmud tells us this is actually part of one of our 613 commandments, which is at Hashem Elokecha Tira, or fear God. We are told to fear or respect God. And we have to always have respect for God. And there's many different ways we do that. And part of that is we don't call God by first name basis. Just as we don't call our parents by first name basis, it is forbidden to do so. Um, according to Torah law, one should not call one's teachers by first name basis. Although, if, they, if they're okay with it, you're allowed to if they um, don't mind. But according to Torah traditions, we don't call teachers by first name basis. We don't call leaders by first name basis. We don't call God by first name basis. So out of respect for God, you cannot say his name. Then, some say that it's also part of the, the, the prohibition in the Ten Commandments not to... Um, swear falsely or not to swear God's uh, falsely and that includes not saying God's name um, for no reason. Now a second prohibition is and this one also um, we um, this one also we don't even describe correctly. The second prohibition is not to bless God using any of his names. Now we don't really mean bless God we mean curse. But we don't want to even say the words. So we call it in Hebrew, Birkat Hashem, blessing God. 
It's prohibited to bless God, or the um, biblical term for that is megadeth, and it is a very, very severe prohibition um, in the Torah to bless God, the opposite of blessing, that is. Um, that includes also not swearing falsely using God's name or swearing meaninglessly using any of God's names. Um, all of those are, of course, disrespectful to God, but they are specific prohibitions. It's prohibited to bless God. And um, in fact, the, um, it's often translated incorrectly as blasphemy. Um, Torah law does not have a prohibition of blasphemy as, um, is co in its common usage. Which would be um, which would be to say something against our religious beliefs. That's what people usually refer to as blasphemy. In its original meaning, um, that's what that's its common usage today. In its original meaning, it was megadeth, which would be blessing God, blessing God. Now we're not allowed to also erase any of God's names, and this is an explicit prohibition in the Torah. We're not allowed to destroy anything to do with God which would prohibit destroying something belonging to God, um, destroying part of his Torah, destroying something belonging to the temple. Um, and it would also be, uh, we are also prohibited to destroy his names. So that are written down, we're not allowed to erase them. Now, when we do write God's names within, Hashem's names within the Torah, within a tefillin, within a mezuzah, when writing it, one has to think of, they have to have kavana or think that I am writing Hashem's name right now for the, and um, think of its holiness, or what we call Kedushat Hashem, say I'm writing this for the holiness of God's name as you write the name. If you do not write it with that focus, then that Torah, Tefillin, Mezuzah is not kosher. So we're going to go through, that's just a quick overview of the different laws we're going to deal with and the different names. So I'm going to go through a quick overview of the names and um, one by one and the relevant rules for each one. So the first of our names is what we call the Shem HaMeforash. Shem HaMeforash or the explicit name. Now I wrote out the name but I wrote dashes in between so I won't have a problem throwing it out. We're not allowed to throw it out. So I wrote out the name. You see the letters over here. Yud. Right? Then we have the hey, we have the vav, and then we have the hey. I'll soon talk about the vowels in a second. Now, we're not allowed to pronounce this name. Now, I put dashes in between, so it's not written out, really. I put dashes in between. Then we're not allowed to pronounce this name. So, when we pronounce, when we pray, instead of pronouncing this name, we say another name that we're not normally allowed to pronounce, that we mispronounce as either adnus or adnai. That's a mispronunciation. And um, I'm going to soon show you, show you how it's spelled. We don't pronounce that name either unless we're praying. We're going to soon talk about that. But when we pray, we pronounce this name generally as Adnus. Adnus is the mispronunciation of the other name that we say while praying. Sometimes, most times in scripture also, it's read as Adnus. However, sometimes in scripture... It is read as Elohim. That's also a mispronunciation. Um, sometimes it's read as Adnus. Sometimes it's read as Elohim. So this name, now when we want to refer to the name as we're talking, we have a mispronunciation, which is Havaya. We've developed mispronunciations over the years. 
to be able to refer to the different names since we can't actually say them. So we mispronounce it as Havaya. Now this name is never pronounced. It was pronounced in the temple when the Kohanim, the priests, would say the priestly blessings. That's a topic for another class, the priestly blessings. Um, the, when the priests would say the priest, the Kohanim, the sense of Aaron, every day in the temple would get up and say the priestly blessing. And the priestly blessing, God's name is found three times. They would actually pronounce God's name. Um, the same is the high priest, the Kohen Gadol on Yom Kippur, would have a special service in the temple that we spoke about. During his service in the temple, he would pronounce God's, names, God's name ten times during, over that service. Now, whenever the people standing in the temple would hear the Havaya pronounced correctly, as part of the blessing or as part of a prayer, everybody would fall to the ground, flat on the ground, as a sign of respect to God. Everybody will fall and bow flat on the ground, and they would say the words, Baruch, Shem, Kavod, Lolam, Ba'ed, blessed is the name of the glory of his kingdom forever, which is a line that we read in the Shema after we say God's name. Now, even today, today when we, um, when we um, read that, when we tell the story on Yom Kippur of how the Kohen Gadol, the high priest, would say the name of God, the Havaya, and everybody would fall to the floor. We also fall to the floor, and we bow down on the floor during our prayers on Yom Kippur. Um, I know people always say they've never seen it. You have to stay long enough to see it. It's later on in the prayer. So um, you leave early, you're not going to see it. Um, now, even today, in the synagogue, when we hear God's name of Adnus, the other name that we pronounce instead, we answer, we respond every time, Baruch Hu Uvaruch Shemo. Blessed is he and blessed is his name. So whenever God's name is mentioned in the synagogue as part of a blessing, we always respond, Baruch Hu Uvaruch Shemo. Blessed is he and blessed is his name. And that is because in Torah, in the, toward the end of the Torah, in the uh, portion of Hazinu, the Torah tells us, which means the name of God I call give greatness or praise to our God. So every time you hear the name of Hashem said, you must praise God. So whenever the, the cantor says Baruch Ata Hashem and pronounces God's name, everyone responds Baruch Hu or Baruch Shemo, blessed is he and blessed is his name. So so now, so they would pronounce this name, Havaya, in the temple. The Kohanim would say it every day. The Kohen Gadol, high priest, would say it ten times on Yom Kippur. This continued throughout the period of the Mishkan. We spoke about the history of the temple. The Mishkan, which was a temporary temple, the Temple of Solomon, and the early days of the Second Temple. Now, in the days of Shimon HaTzadik, Shimon HaTzadik was the um, leader of the, was the high priest, and leader of the Jewish people during the days of Alexander the Great, Alexander the Greek conqueror. Um, and he was, and so this is going back the early 300s BC, um, or the early days of the Second Temple. People, they found people were misusing God's name by pronouncing it outside of the temple. So therefore they decided it will no longer be pronounced in the temple. 
So the Kohanim stopped pronouncing God's name as is in the temple and instead would say the name Adnus as they would everywhere else. And the, even the high priest on Yom Kippur would say it quietly and they would have a choir of priests who would kind of be singing alongside so nobody would hear the high priest pronouncing God's name. And so, and so with time, it became no longer even public knowledge how to pronounce God's name. And they would only teach, teachers would teach their students how to pronounce God's name, but it was only passed down from teacher to student. It was not public knowledge. Current pronouncing, how do we, so how should this name be pronounced correctly? So if you open a Siddur, or a Chumash, a book of the Torah, you will see the following vowelage. You will have the two dots, which is the Sheva, which is the uh vowel, which doesn't exist in English, but exists in Hebrew, the uh vowel, Sheva vowel, under the Yud. You will see a Cholam, it's in the wrong spot originally, but you will see a Cholam, a dot on top over the hay, which is the O sound. And you will see a Kamatz, under the Vav, which is an A or A, depending on your Sephardic or Ashkenazic pronunciation. Now, there are some that think maybe that's the original. However, the Gaonim already, the Gaonim, which, is, which are the leaders during the, um, uh, during the um, early medieval times, from about 600 to 1,000, um, in that period, they already pointed out, we don't correctly know how to pronounce it. This vowelage is actually not the vowels of, this vowelage is actually not the correct vowels of the name. It is actually the vowels of the word le-olam. Remember, the word that tell, the Torah tells us, my name is hidden, in this week's Torah portion, when God tells Moses, ze shemi le-olam, this is my name that is hidden. So, le has a, the lawan has a shiva under it. O, the ayin would have a cholam, a dot up here. Lam, the lamad would have a kamat under it, like the vav, right? So this is simply the vowelage of le olam, which means don't pronounce it. <laughs> That's what it means. But this is not the correct pronunciation of God's name. Now, Christians have, for whatever reason, taken our pronunciation, our vowelage, as we have always written it, and decided that this must be the correct vowelage. It is most probably not. What is the correct vowelage? We don't know. We have forgotten how to correctly pronounce it. Now, we do know grammatically what the correct vowelage should be, whether that is actually the original or not, we don't know. Grammatically, what would the correct vowelage be? So the name, according to Kabbalists, means, comes from the word lehavot, which means to make be, or in English you would say create, right? Hoveh means it is. In English we have for past, present, uh, is, be, was, are all the same verb. In Hebrew, it's a single word, hoveh, lehavot. So to make something be, in English, we don't have a word for that. 
to make something be, other than create. Um, in Hebrew, just like you could say it is, you could make it is or make it be. Right? Or um, I think Svi Freeman coined the term, if you want to kind of have an English term for it, is a fire, something that makes things is. So, um, so that would be, so hove would be, mean to be or is. The yud in front of it is causation. It makes it be. So the correct vowelage, if that would be the meaning, would be the shava unto the yud, right? Would be it does. And then it would be, then there would be a kamatz under the, sorry, a, a patach under the hay would be ha. And then there would be a segol, an e, under the va. That would be if it would be grammatically correct. But we don't know if that is actually the way it was originally pronounced or not. It hasn't been pronounced for thousands of years. So we don't know its correct pronunciation. Regardless, we're not allowed to pronounce it with incorrect vowelage either. So because of that, because we cannot pronounce with incorrect vowelage, we don't pronounce it at all. Not only that, the Talmud says that we cannot even pronounce it in an accented way. An accent would be, or in Hebrew, Lashon Aga, which would be, let's say, instead of the Y, you have an accent and you change the Y to a J. Right? That would be an accented way. So pronouncing God in English with a J instead of a Y, even if the vowelage is incorrect, would also be forbidden. In Jewish, according to Jewish law. So no pronunciations of it whatsoever. Instead, we just mispronounce it and say Havaya when we want to refer to it. Havaya would switch around the letters. Now, the Arizal, the great Kabbalist, the Arizal, um, I know you already have down to do a class about him. Um, we'll do it, don't worry. Um, says, not only should we not pronounce the name, we shouldn't even read out the letters of the name. So instead of reading the actual letters in order, we should say Yud K Vav K. Instead of saying Hey, we should say Yud K Vav K. And there are a couple times in our prayers where we read out the letters. And rather than pronouncing it as Hey, we pronounce it as in the prayers where we read out the, the names of the letters, we say Yud K Vav K. So that is our um, Shem HaMafarsh. Now we have to be very careful to never write this name um, because we're not allowed to tear it. It's not allowed to ever be disgraced or misplaced, put in a place where it would just be thrown around that would be, um, that would be disrespectful to God. So we never ever write out the name. If you do need to, you could write it out with dashes in between as I have done here. Or sometimes you will see they will make the line of the hay a little bit longer to turn into the letter kuf. And then it's a different word. It has different letters. So turn into the letter kuf. So we're very careful to never ever um, write out this name at all. Uh, when it is written in the Torah, as we said, the scribe has to be stopped beforehand and think, I, and we even, they say it now, l'shem kedushat Hashem, I'm writing this for the holiness of God's name. If they did not stop before writing the letter and think that, then the 
then the, that word is not kosher. The whole scroll is not kosher. So that is God's Shem Hamaforash explicit name. <coughs> We're told there are seven holy names. How to categorize the seven names, because also variations of some names and whether the Shem Hamaforash is included in the seven or not is debated. But I'm going to show you six other names that we do not pronounce and that we do not write. So, oh, you know what? I missed the first one. I did not write it out. The first one, the first one is the name Ka. The Ka is a mispronunciation. It's the first two letters of God's name. The first two letters of the Shem HaMeforash, the Yud and the He, right? Together make, um, we don't pronounce it, make Ka. That name of God is found again and again throughout our, is found throughout our scriptures, throughout our prayers. It's not allowed to be pronounced. I'm just going to give you the rules of all the names. It's not supposed to be pronounced, and it's not supposed to be written out. It's also found as part of words. The most common word is hallelujah. Hallelujah means praise. Ka means God. Hallelujah means praise God. Now, we're not allowed to pronounce it with the Y because that would be God's name. So outside of prayer, we always pronounce it as hallelujah. In um, scripture, it's usually put together. The two words are put together as a single word, hallelujah. And I know it's somehow coming to the English lexicon as well. Um, but we cannot pronounce it with the Y. That would be forbidden. Um, second name. Sorry? You can't sing those songs. Songs? Can't sing those songs. Can't sing those songs. I'm going to soon tell you when you can say them. Okay. The next name, I put a dash in between so I would not spell it out, is mispronounced as Kel. Kel. Now, Kel literally means strong one. Um, like we say, Elim are the strong ones, mighty ones. Or perhaps in English, you would trans we have a name for God, Almighty, we say in English. So, Kel would be Almighty, the mighty one. And sometimes it could be in different, um, it could be in, it could be in different variations. Sometimes instead of Kel, it would be Kaili. Kaili would be my God, or my Almighty. Um, so it could be in different variations as well. Another name was similar to Kel, but different, is Eloka. Eloka. We mispronounce it, right? Aleph, Lamed, He. We mispronounce it. And this one means God. It means the God. Um, it's Hebrew for God. Um, there's a very similar word in Arabic, right? Allah, um, very similar to Hebrew, Eloka. Um, and um, it's also, uh, it's, it comes in many variations. Elokai, Elokim, Elokeinu, Elokechem, Elokecha. comes in many, many different variations. Um, means my God, our God, your God, their God. Right? It can come in many different um, forms, and uh, it's fairly common. The next name of God, and this you may have noticed, is found on the back of your mezuzah, um, is the name <coughs> mispronounced as Shakai, or Shin Dalad Yud. Right? If you notice, we put, the, we put the K in for everything to mispronounce it. It's 
for some reason, that's the way we've always done it. So um, th this one's mispronounced as Shakai. Um, what does this name mean? It's found a number of times in our scripture. We use it in prayer. It's not as common. Um, the, um, this one, um, uh, th it comes from the word die, which means enough. What, 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 why is it used in reference to God? So either it means God limits our world, the one who from limit, enough is limiting, God limits our, our world, or it is enough in that God has enough power for everything, to take care of everything. So instead, instead would be kind of an all-powerful, infinite God. Um, but anyway, that's the name Shakai. This is placed on the back of our mezuzahs. Again, we cannot write it or pronounce it. Why that form of the mezuzah? Why is it placed on the mezuzah? No, why, well, <coughs> why of all the forms that they could have chosen, would they choose that one? Why do we use that name of all God's name? Um, it says that that name is also an abbreviation for Shomer Daltot Yisrael, he who guards the doors of Israel. So now, there's two other names that are debated um, in the Talmud as to whether they are actually names of God or not. Um, but here they are. The first one is Tsevakos. Tsevakos means hosts or myriads, um, so many, um, and it's the God who's in charge of everything. Tsevakos. Um, um, sometimes we, we uh, sometimes we speak of the um, of uh, it comes from the word sava, which is army, kind of the armies of God, and the one who's in control of everything. Sometimes it's used to refer to our people, and our people are sometimes called tzivot Hashem, the army of God. We are the army of God. So um, it's refer the by at, during the Exodus, the Torah calls us the army of God, but God Himself is referred to as Savakos. And then the final name is the name that God originally told Moses, this is my name, when Moses first asked. And that is the name of Ekeye, Aleph, Hey, Yud, Hey, similar to the other one, to the Shev HaMeforash, the explicit name, the Havaya. This one is Ekeye. So, and it literally means I am. I am. Remember the word um, Haya means was or is, to be. And so the Aleph means is I, I am. I am who I am. And uh, sometimes it's Ekeye, Asher Ekeye, I am who I am. Or sometimes just Ekeye, I am. So um, these are the different names of God. Now these names, <coughs> what's called the Shemos Kedosh and the Holy Names, <coughs> are only pronounced in, under two conditions. Either praying or praising God. So it's part of our prayers. Or if we're praising God, we could pronounce his name or if we're quoting it in scripture. So if you're reading the Torah, you could pronounce his name. If you're reading any part of scripture, you could pronounce his name, or when praying. Outside of that, we never pronounce God's names. Always, we always mispronounce it. Now, even when we're reading scripture, or even when we're praying, we read these names as part of an entire sentence. You don't want to read it alone. And we're always careful not to stop in mid-sentence. Because you want to read it as part of a verse in scripture or as part of a prayer. So even if you make a mistake, keep going. Don't go back. Or some, the, there are some prayers that have songs to the prayer that are repetitive, that repeat words. You can't do that if it has God's name in the prayer. You're not supposed to repeat those words. 
because you got to say the entire sentence. Um, same as if the Torah reader gets into, has it, makes a mistake while, while reading a verse that has God's name in it, they must finish the verse and then read the whole verse again. So we only read in mid-sentence. Now, these names, we always have to have a lot of respect when reciting these names because they're names of God. So firstly, men have to always have their head covered when reciting, um, when reciting these names of God. Um, today, Jewish men generally, um, there's been a custom already for hundreds of years among Ashkenazic Jews to always, for Jewish men, to always cover their hair but the law, the, it's not necessarily an absolute requirement. One thing maybe, we, did we do a class about Yarmulke? We did already, okay, we did it. All right, so um, although it's a prevalent custom, and uh, some say for Ashkenazic Jews today it would already be a requirement because it's so prevalent, but uh, one must have their head cover, covered when saying God's name. And, um, and even in communities, such as in Western Europe, or in Sephardic communities where they traditionally did not always wear Keepers on their heads, um, they would always cover their head when saying um, when saying God's name. And uh, in fact, they would often have they would carry yarmulkes around with them in case they needed to say a blessing. You eat something, you got to say a blessing. Before you say a blessing, you have to cover your head because you're going to say God's name as a sign of respect. Does putting your hand on your head help? The Talmud says it does not because you cannot cover yourself. Right? You're not covering yourself. Right? It's like kids hide. Well, I'm saying you shouldn't have a, a, a kippah when, like, as, like a substitute, you know, that for a minute. You cannot put your hand on your head because you cannot cover yourself. No. That's not a covering. You cannot cheat. Okay. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't work. What I have seen people do yeah. is put their sleeve on their head like this. <laughs> there you're covering yourself. You have a kippah handy, um, even if you don't wear kippah all day. Um, but um, I mean, G German Jews, for example, did not wear kippahs until very recently, and um, even religious Jews. And um, but they would put it on their head whenever they said a blessing. They always had one handy because you took a drink of water, you needed a kippah to say the blessing. So um, you've got to have your head covered. Um, you also have to be your body has to be fully covered when pronouncing God's name. Um, you have to have, you cannot be uncovered. We spoke about the laws of tzniyot and mod Hebrew mod Jewish modesty, I think a few months ago. So when pronouncing God's name, um, you must always be covered out of respect for God, even if there's no one else around. Um, you must also, um, you also cannot say God's name in a bathroom, a toilet, where there's a toilet. You cannot say God's name in a bathhouse place where you, a bathroom where you literally take shower, shower room where you shower. You cannot say God's name in any place where people change um, or the like um, because it would be disrespectful. You also cannot say God's name in front of feces. You're walking down the street. There's dog droppings. You cannot say God's name if any of God's names, even if you're praying as you're walking down the street for some reason um, or reciting scripture, you cannot. Um, if you've got to stop if you see um, feces nearby, you've got to have a. In other words, you've got to be very respectful of God's name. If there's a bad smell in the room, you should not say God's name. So we've got to be very careful to always recite God's name with respect. Why does it say the Sorry. Why does that It's a great question. We did a class about it a few months ago. I'll address it after the class. Okay. So when women go to the mikvah, they say prayers in the mikvah. 
they have they to have cover to their head when they say the blessing. But their body is not covered. Their body's covered by the water. Oh, covered okay. by the water. Okay. Okay. And they must they must cover their head when they say the okay. when they say okay. the blessing. That was the question. Okay. So, um, uh, so, so we have to be very careful. We treat God's name with even when we do recite it with all, all of these names with ultimate with great respect. We have to treat it with a lot of respect. Now. Um, if we now we also don't write these names. Firstly, they're not allowed to be erased. So you cannot write it down if it's going to be erased. Furthermore, it's not allowed to be disgraced. You cannot scrunch it up and throw it around, um, or um, or you cannot um, kind of you know just toss it in the garbage. It cannot be disgraced. It cannot be put in a disgrace in a disgraced put away in a disgraced way. If we hear somebody else saying God's name as part of our sign of respect for God, we should correct them. I mean, someone's going to keep using it. You're not going to keep correcting them every point. We bury them. We bury them out of respect for God. We bury them. So, so these names, if they are written, they should be buried. They should always be buried. Um, the Hebrew word is Shamus. Shamus means, or the Yiddish word really is Shamus, which means names, names of God. But really, we're also not allowed to discard any part of Scripture, um, even if it doesn't have God's name. So um, anything that has Scripture or Torah in it, or anything that um, anything with God's name, must be buried. What we do is we usually have a hole in the Jewish in the <coughs> Jewish cemeteries where we bury all these things. You could bury it in your own backyard. You don't have to put it in the cemetery, but it must be buried. Talmud says if you write God's name on your body, I know a few people that tattoo God's name, um, it's firstly forbidden to tattoo in Jewish law. But um, if you write God's name with ink on your body, Talmud says you cannot shower until you until it fades on its own because you're not allowed to erase yeah, God's I name. Yeah, I know. There was one going, one going around on Facebook a while ago or social media that someone wrote Pesach, Pesach, uh, they told him, I guess the artist told him it was good luck. <laughs> Passover. So, <laughs> so um, yeah, they do, um, but you cannot write God's name. I know people do, you're not allowed to. Um, you definitely can't tattoo, period. Um, and that doesn't have a problem being erased. But you cannot write God's name with ink on your body. If you do, you cannot shower until it fades. So don't, don't try it. Um, <laughs> Now, as we said, when you write any of these names in the Torah, you have to, when the scribe writes it, they have to be focused and they have to think, which is why um, you, mu you, can, you, must, you can only buy a Torah scroll or tefillin or mezuzah from a scribe that you trust, even if you know that the parchment and the ink was kosher and you can check all the letters that the letters were kosher, there's no way of knowing if the names were written with the proper kavana, with the proper focus, unless they told you so, so you have to. You can only purchase it from someone you trust. Um, today, they have. Um, there are um, rabbis that certify that they trust the scribes because you don't know the scribes necessarily that are writing it. Um, so today, you can buy mezuzot and tefillin or Torah scrolls that are certified by a scribe that you trust. But ask someone you trust um, because otherwise, um, they may not do it properly. They have to also know the rules. Um, That's how you Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, if a scribe wrote God was writing and kind of just got lost in, the <coughs> uh, <coughs> lost focus as he's writing, 
and did not write God's name while focused, then that scroll is not kosher. You cannot erase it. So you just got to bury that entire piece of parchment. If it's a Torah scroll that has made up of multiple pieces of parchment, as we learned when we did spoke about the Torah scrolls, each parchment has maybe four columns of writing, which is maybe 150 lines on it. Um, you uh, you got to throw uh, bury the whole thing because you can't change it. It's not kosher, even though it's everything's written correctly. It's not kosher, and you cannot um, you cannot um, you cannot erase it. So that's why you need scribes that are what we call God-fearing. People that are, you know, will do the right thing if they make a mistake and they've got to throw the whole, they've got to discard the whole thing, right? They could just say, not tell anyone and just keep going, right? Mm -hmm. Nobody would ever know because only they know. So you have to have someone that you really trust to write in your Torah or Tefillin or Mezuzahs. Now, so those are the names, those are the, we did, dealt with the Shema Mepharash, the explicit name, and the Shemot Kedoshim, the holy name. Now, um, now we mentioned that there are also what we call Kinuyim. Kinuyim are descriptive names of God. Sometimes God in scripture is called Shalom, peace. Shlomo, which also means peace. We call him Hagadol, the great one. Hagibor, the strong one. Hanora, the awesome one. Kadosh, holy one, right? Those are all names that can be pronounced. They refer to God. We're allowed to pronounce them, as I just did. We also can erase them if they were written. That is fine. However, when if you write such a thing, you must treat it with respect. And the same would also go for names of God, other than the seven names and the the explicit names and the holy names, other names of God, say in other languages. So let's say the word God in English, which is used to refer to God, to Hashem. So the word God in English um, is also must be treated with respect. So treated with respect, you cannot say it in a bathroom. You cannot say shalom referring to God in a bathroom. You could say hi if you're speaking Hebrew, but you cannot say referring to God in a bathroom. You cannot say the word God in a bathroom because it refers to God. It has to, you've got to speak to God respectfully. You should be dressed modestly. You should have a keep on. Even when saying the word God, um, you should be do so respectfully. Um, you also, if you wrote out the word God, G-O-D, you're allowed to erase it. But you must treat it with respect. You cannot scrunch it up and toss it. You've got to treat it with respect. What you could do is you could fold the paper, put it nicely in the garbage recycling or whatever it is. You could shred it. That's fine. But it must be treated respectfully. Can't, you don't want it flying around. And for that reason, you may have seen a lot of people write G-D without writing God, G-O-D. And the reason for that is because if you write G-D, you could toss the paper. You could do anything with it, throw it on the floor. If it has G-O-D, if it has God in it, you've got to treat it respectfully. It has God's name on it. So it must be treated respectfully. So we're allowed to say God. We're allowed to, as we're doing now. Um, uh, we're allowed to say it. We're allowed to um, write it. We're allowed to erase it. But we have to treat it with respect. You can only say it respectfully. Um, you can only um, you, you can only say it respectfully. You can only you, and you can when you're writing it, you must treat the paper with respect as well. 
what's the digital rule? You're allowed to erase it, and erasing G-O-D is not, um, erasing G-O-D is not, um, is definitely not a problem if you have it on your computer screen. If you Google something and then suddenly you get the Shem HaMeforash comes up in the Hebrew spelling on your screen. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so most, so most um, current post-game or halachic authorities um, believe that when written in pixels, it's not considered written, it's not considered originally written permanently. Um, there could be a problem if you have an Amazon Kindle, and I don't know how the technology works, <laughs> but apparently the Kindles actually use some form of ink. Um, it's not just pixels. And, it's not, and so um, it's written, and so over there, it may actually be a problem. So it depends on what the screens are made of. So you gotta know. So that might be a reason to be really careful with your Kindle, because you may end up with a screen that you cannot turn it off. It may have its own kind of turn off button that kind of turns off itself. You, gotta, you might have just have to wait for it to go on the, um, when it turns off itself, and then you might just want to press the um, off button immediately and pull out the battery. <laughs> so back off. Yeah, turn off. So on the Kindles? I, it's a technology. I don't know how the technology works. It, there's, there's no, it's not lights. It works without light, and I, I don't know how I don't know how it works. Um, it's not LED or whatever the, you know, they use. So I, I don't know the technology. I, I just know that it could be a problem. So there are there are in addition to the names that we mentioned, there is also a twelve-letter name of God that was used in the temple service. You should just know. We don't know that name, what the letters are, how to pronounce it. We have no idea. There is also a 42-letter name of God, 14-word, 42-letter name of God. Um, we have a prayer that we read every day in our prayers, the Anna B'choach. And the Anna B'choach prayer is a 42-word prayer where the first letter of each word um, to get, when put together, makes this 42-letter name of God. How it's pronounced, we don't know. Now, but there is this 42-letter name of God that was also used in some temple services. So <clears throat> now, so rather than pronounce God's name, rather than even say God, which has to be said with respect, right? What we've done is we've come up with other names to refer to God. They're not kinoyim. They're not actually descriptions of God. So we're allowed to say them in the bathroom, right? Or wherever. Those are words like Hashem, right? Hashem is the most common. Hashem means the name. So we always say Hashem when referring to God. That's the most common. Um, uh, there are many more, though. In we, have a, we have a Hebrew word that's used a lot by our say in the Talmud, Hakadosh Baruch Hu, which means the Holy One, blessed is He. Hakadosh Baruch Hu. <coughs> Sometimes it's in Aramaic, would be Kudshabrichu. Yeah, the Aramaic, same thing. <coughs> There's a Yiddish term that we use, um, <coughs> which is Eibishter, or in um, or in English it would be the one above. 
the one above. You may hear the Abishter. There's a Hebrew term, Hamakom. Hamakom means literally the place, but it means the omnipresent, the one that is everywhere. Um, sometimes we use um, the word in Hebrew, Bore. Bore means creator. Um, or in Yiddish, Bashefer. Um, in English, you could just call him the creator. Sometimes we refer to God just as our father. In Yiddish, they would call him Tate, um, or Tate in Himmel, Father in Heaven. Um, sometimes we refer to him as Ribono Shelola, Master of the Universe. Um, but all of these are not, are <coughs> all of these are not considered Kinuyim. In other words, they're not directed. They're descriptions of what God does. They're not descriptions of who God is, they're not direct descriptions. And so all of these words are all, or they're, um, uh, and so all of these words are all allowed to be said whenever, and therefore we, use, we generally try to say those words. Um, we do try to, one last point I think is very important to remember, we do include God in everything that we do. And so Jews always have been very, very God-centered in our lives. So when someone asks you, how are you doing? The answer is always Baruch Hashem, which means bless Hashem, right? Bless Hashem. Often people will say in English, thank God. You gotta be careful though, because in the bathroom, someone says, how are you? Right, bump into someone in the bathroom, they say, how are you? You can say Baruch Hashem. You cannot say thank God, because you can't say God in the bathroom. Could say thank Hashem, you're but you can't. That's a separate point. <laughs> That's a separate. In the changing room in your gym. In the shower room in your gym. In there is. No, we say it outside the bathroom when we get out. Yeah. Forty-two letter name. Forty-two. It's a we don't we don't it's a it's a name that we never pronounce never say never pronounce. Now not only do we say when people ask you how are you also whenever um, we say we're going to do something we all, or if we say we did something it's always be'ezras Hashem or be'ezrat Hashem with God's help we always say with God's help we never take credit for it it's always done with God's help thank God um, and also we say. <coughs> If we are, we, we, something is going to happen, we always add the words, Im Yirtzeh Hashem, if Hashem wills, God willing, is the way you say it in English. Um, so we always put God in every single part of our conversation. Um, the Torah tells us when Jacob um, fooled his father and took the bless, got his father to bless him instead of his brother Esau, um, uh, his father, um, uh, Isaac asks Jacob, how did you come back so quickly? And he says, God helped me. And, um, and, every th and he, he answers, puts God into all of his answers. And then Jacob says, and then Isaac says, are you sure this is Asaph and not Jacob? Because apparently Asaph didn't do that. But we Jews always answer, we put God in everything. We always say, thank God with God's help, God willing. God's part of everything. Um, it's better to say, speaking to somebody who doesn't know what Hashem is, it may not be helpful, but it's better to say with um, Hashem willing or thank Hashem because, as we said, the word God must be said with respect. So it's always better to say thank is Hashem. Has that incorporated the email announcements in the Jewish mission? 
in the corner? Yeah, so what we actually do also, uh, thanks for pointing it out, uh, but that what we actually do is, and you'll see I did it on these papers, and we do it on just about every paper that we write. We have a custom. We always put a little either bet, hey, the two letters, bet, hey, I put them in script very small over there. We put the letters bet, hey, on top of every single paper we write, which means Baruch Hashem, bless God, right? Or Bezrat Hashem with God's help. We put that on top of everything. Um, often um, you'll see instead of bet, hey, you'll see the Bet Samach Dalet, which is an abbreviation for Besiyata Dishmaya, Aramaic for with the help of heaven. Um, all the, um, documents like your Ketubah will start with the words Be'ezrat Hashem Yitbarech, with the help of Hashem, may He be blessed. So every document, every paper, we always start with those kind of, with God's help. We always start every paper like that because um, we include God in everything that we do. Uh, we should always, again, always better to write with the help of Hashem rather than writing with the help of God because if you write God, you've got a G-O-D, you have a problem. Um, you can't, you've got to be careful, it's not disgraced. Um, if you write Hashem or G-D, you don't have that problem. So, yes, so Adele. 